last time on Join the Party. Franny knows the only way to deal with Alonzo and his energy double is to head to the capital, Concentra. And the easiest way to get there is through everyone's favorite pocket dimension, Duve and Boosters. Inara just gestures uh, three fingers at the bartender, <laughs> meaning three buckets of wings. <laughs> three buckets of wings. And a, and, a, and a pizza, please! After cleaning the wing sauce from their hands, the party takes an elevator up to Concentra and is rushed into the Capitol building. Inside, the party finally sees all of the representatives. Alonzo's dad, Greg's dad, Representative Shields from Antopolis, Representative Dore from Infropolis, and Inara's ex, Representative Brink. The party explains what's going on with Alonzo, the bubble, the medallion, and kind of like the entire universe, and the representatives decide to vote on what to do with Alonzo. Either pop the bubble or keep him and the Council of Bright locked up. The vote is tied, and Representative Brink decides to sleep on the decision, so it ends in a stalemate. That night, Tracy dreams of a utopia where his friends and the Warforged live together in harmony. It all comes together. You feel so happy just to be with everyone, both Warforged and your friends alike. And you hear a voice. This could happen. It's not just a dream. Just let me out. All this is about to go down. Let's get the party started. The sun rises on a new day, in a city you have never been before. The fate of the world hangs in the balance. What do you do? Who do you save? Who do you care about the most? Anara, you wake up to the most heinously loud snoring that you've ever heard in your entire life. And it's coming from Franny. Oh, no. Freddy! Freddy! Is there a horse? I throw an axe at Franny. Okay, make a make an attack roll. Ten. <laughs> it's still like dark in the room, so you try to throw a, a hand axe at Franny, but it goes over her head and hits the magic bubble. Alonzo was sleeping with his entire face pressed up against the bubble, Aww. and he wakes up and he's like, oh, okay, I'm awake, okay. Okay, gets arranged around my head like a headband with her little feet protecting my ears from the snores. But at this point, I roll out of bed, look over at Franny, and throw my dagger at her pillow. Not to hit her head, but to hit her pillow. I can't make it a tech roll. 17. Okay, with that, you delicately stab Franny's pillow. That's me, the delicate stabber. <laughs> so with the womp of the knife in the pillow, Franny wakes up. Oh, I, I was having such a good dream. I don't want to get too explicit, but it did involve... Oh, God. 
You know, I'm going to keep it in my, I, I'll keep Thank it in myself. Oh, wow. I will say it did involve breakfast foods. I'm not going to say which, but it did involve them. Tracy, I never thought I would say this, but I, I, I don't know if I feel like breakfast. Yeah. Um, you certainly ruined the only joy in my life still here. Franny puts both of her hands under your face and says quietly, it was syrup. I don't want to play this game anymore, says Franny <laughs> and Tracy. <laughs> okay, so Franny hops up and she goes over to all of the blinds and she opens them up. It is bright. A wonderful day. You know, go save the world or something. Hopefully. Uh, Alonzo yawns and turns around and the council of Bright is just looking at him again, staring at him in the face. So is today going to be the day where I don't have to have this extremely close roommate? Maybe. That's the hope. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I can also say things that didn't mean anything as well. Unless the council just wants to kind of cut through all this and promise that he's going to go back to his astral prison and be a very, very good boy and never come out again. That sounds exactly like me. Please let me out. Yep, didn't think so. Okay. Yeah. Franny slaps herself awake and says, all right, well, I think the first thing we should do is go down to uh, the cafeteria and get some grub. Maybe we'll see someone, uh, we'll catch someone during the breakfast rush. See, find someone who can actually help us out in this scenario. I don't know anyone who can take off cursed medallions or pop in between planes like that. Uh, so maybe, I mean, we'll get lucky if we just sit down next to someone who uh, looks cool. Also, they make really good frittatas here. So I never want to get on that. I, no, there's no like any waffles or pancakes or anything. Oh, there are. I just, I personally. I'm into. Oh, I, I also, I really. Let's gotta, go. Let's go. I need to go get some syrup. Oh, no. Oh, don't worry. I'm bringing the hooch. <laughs> she pulls out like a, a bottle in a paper bag. <laughs> it's like sloshes with like a little bit of undying light energy comes out of it. Everyone starts to rouse themselves and gets ready to go down to the big cafeteria. There's also a, a like an old school alarm clock in there. And sometime while you, everyone is getting ready, uh, it starts to go off. Very loudly and annoyingly. And at that point, you see the Council of Bright push Alonzo out of the way and kind of like puts his hand out towards the alarm clock and it just dies. Oh, great. Hmm. That's supposed to be anti-magic bubble. Tracy and Anara exchange a significant look and continue to hustle the bubble out the door. <laughs> Wait, are you bringing the bubble with you? <laughs> We're not leaving them out of our sight. Okay, that's a good point. Hope you, <laughs> a, hope, hope you got a freight elevator, y'all. <laughs> yes, there's obviously in my magic world is a freight elevator that's very easily accessible and not hard to use. Freight elevators are hard to use and are never accessible. They're always like broken. In my in my head, that's my understanding of freight elevators. What happens next? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well. So you guys go down to the cafeteria. It is on the fifth floor of the building. You can think about this entire building, like, if you really wanted to, you wouldn't have to go outside. Like, there are both conference rooms, and there's eating spaces and places for you to sleep. And if you're working in the government, sometimes it takes all of that time to do all that stuff. So there is a well-stocked cafeteria. There's one on the fifth floor. There's one on the fourth floor, but everyone knows you got to go to the one on the fifth floor, but the one on the fourth floor is good for lunch only. Mm. Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. 
Gotta optimize it. Gotta know. Cafeteria hacks. Tell me more cafeteria hacks. Uh, tacos, fourth floor. Breakfast tacos, fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how about the beverage situation? Uh, there are no beverages on the fourth floor. None. Which is unfortunate. What kind oh. of desserts are we talking about on the various floors? Just like pudding. On as both far, floors? As far as the eye can see. On both? Yeah. There's no cookies? Well, here's the thing. They hide different desserts in the pudding on the fifth floor. They're gonna oh, get soggy. No, no they're they're like it's, it's it's good. It sounded like a dream scenario, but now it sounds like a nightmare scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. As people come on, because you decided to bring the antimatter bubble with you, I think that people come on and are incredibly confused, and some are startled to see the son of the re- of a representative and a doppelganger of him in the elevator. First of all, that there's only space for like two more people. And also that there's a Warforged in the elevator as well. And I think that as people try to come on, they like look at the picture of an antimatter bubble with Alonzo and a energy doppelganger, a Warforged, a teenager, and a hag. And they are coming to walk in and they're like, we're going to take the next one. Look, good morning. We both went through high school. We know how this goes. Let's, yeah. let's, let's keep rolling. Mm-hmm. Each time this happens a bunch of times, and they everyone starts talking to each other. You see the gossip machine has started. Great. So down to the fifth floor, it opens onto this very large cafeteria, and then there's just like buffet. You kind of pay for a plate and then get on. Yeah, we're going to uh, to park the bubble, uh, not like in the center table, but we're going to sort of take a, a more prominent table closest to the pudding boats. And I'm going to drape a tablecloth over the top of the bubble. Um, you know how, like, with a bird, you just put it in darkness to hope that it sleeps? <laughs> That's what I'm doing to uh, the Council of Bright, hoping that he doesn't interact with anyone else. He's just like... I feel it, yeah. I see. I see what you're doing. In my head, I, like it. I just see Alonzo just, like, as the curtain draping down, he's like, hey, hey, wait. <laughs> hey, can you get me... Can I, can I have a bagel? I just get me, can you grab me one? So, yeah, you guys, uh, what do you guys get? Nothing uh, with syrup, my guy. Yeah, Jesus, never, ever, ever again. I have to throw away all of my syrup. It's fine. I'm getting breakfast tacos. Nice. Flour tortillas, salsa verde, longhorn cheddar. Hell yeah. They have that. It's great. I'm going to do some uh, open face bagel sandwiches. Nara's growing up and getting more sophisticated, you know, so you don't always have to enclose your bagel. Um, I don't know if anyone told you guys that. If but you love your bagel, set, set it free. free. That's correct, Brandon. One has peanut butter and uh, berries on top. Another one has bananas and some like chia seeds, some chocolate chips, because there is a place for chocolate in all breakfasts. One of them has cream cheese, and then one of them has egg with a little bit of uh, cheddar on top. Nice. You look over at Franny, and Franny has two bowls. One is filled with blueberries, and the other one is filled with maple. Oh, no. And uh, Anara, as you look over at her, Franny looks at you and says, uh, blueberries are a superfood, so got to keep it tight. In our nods and sits at the opposite end of that table. <laughs> uh, okay, so as you guys are going back to your table, uh, why don't you both make perception checks? Well, it's a, that's a crit one, my friend. Ugh. I'm so distracted by the bagel. Uh, I got 11 total. Okay. Uh, with a crit one, Anara, you keep thinking about whether or not blueberries are a superfood. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just berries. So, Brennan, with an 11, you hear a distinct clacking coming from somewhere in the uh, lunchroom. It's like the clacking of 
Um, you know, like in old train stations, when they have those signs that change from one thing to another mm-hmm. and it clacks like that. I looked it up. It's called a split flat display. <laughs> so you hear that. And I think it's somewhere in the lunchroom. Okay. Yeah. I look around. Do I see anything to be making the sound? So you look around the lunchroom and it is pretty busy for any particular morning. You know, so there's like groups of people and they all kind of like have their clicks, you know, mean girl style. And kind of off to the right, you see that someone is eating alone. And the clacking is coming from that person. Even though they're just looking over a bowl of oatmeal and reading a book. Okay. With the 11, you also notice that next to their oatmeal is a paperweight. Okay. I'm going to turn to my one friend and other people next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Franny. Franny. <laughs> uh, I forgot um, the Pico. I'll, I'll be right back. I pick up my plate and I walk over to this individual. Okay. And I make sure to get in their eye line. So I walk around them weirdly and I say, Hi, I'm Tracy. Is this, uh, is this seat open? The person sitting in front of you does not respond. They're very engrossed in their book. As you look at the person, you can see that this person is bigger than you are. In fact, they are eight feet tall. One of the only people you've seen who are larger than you, and they're just wedged into this lunch table. They have their long gray hair kind of swept back into a bun and also have kind of a pale gray skin where you've only seen it once before, which is on Zuby, the stone giant. And they are just like taking up their entire side of the table. The suit that they have on that, like, comes up to their calves as capris is a deep green kind of, like, a lush lawn that is kind of, like, swaying in the wind. Uh, And the glasses on their face they're using, uh, adjusting every five seconds as they are reading this book, are, like, carved out of stone. That's good luck. It is. It's very stylish. I like it. As you say hi, this person doesn't respond, but you do hear more clacking. And it's coming from the paperweight. So I'm going to go ahead and sit down, put my plate in front of me, take a bite out of my closest taco to me. I have many tacos on my plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's at least seven. Mm-hmm. They're all different types. That of doesn't surprise me. Meats and fillings. Now, are they all holding each other up like, like friends? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's why there's so many. Yeah. And that's why you have to eat them all at once. That's true. You know, these tacos would be better if the eggs were slightly less cooked and the meat was braised for slightly longer. And I think that uh, if they use, like, maybe Monterey Jack instead of... And I just keep rambling on until they notice me. You hear more clacking coming from the paperweight. And originally it was just kind of black, but now you're seeing there's, like, something swirling in there. Like, it's a snow globe and someone just shook it up. The clacking starts to subside. And then you hear a voice from the paperweight. I know exactly what you mean. If you would only walk away with the chorizo one first, you would have understood how delicious all the other ones would be in succession. The chorizo is not the best one for you to pick. <laughs> oh, no! And then the large gray-skinned woman says, Sir, if you just want to eat your breakfast in peace, I understand. I also would like to eat my breakfast in peace, which is why I'm not responding to the paperweight at the moment. Um, what, what I was just gonna, I was, I was kind of curious what, uh, what book you were reading. Um, and also now I'm curious about 
everything else <laughs> happening at this table. I'm so glad you asked. I am the divine spirit of Devar, the creator, the only one who created everything. Those who categorize all knowledge and together. And I know that the chorizo here is not great. Again, you don't have to, you don't have to respond to the paperweight if you don't want to. I don't either. So it's fine. I just kind of read, but you don't have to, you don't have to deal with this. This is, it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, you can see why I eat breakfast alone, ordinarily. It's never alone when you have the spirit of Devar with you eating breakfast. I also know exactly what you want to eat. It's yogurt. I don't know why you keep yourself from the pleasures. Me? Yogurt? No. Her. Okay. She deserves adventurous foods like yogurt and the divine berries you can put in that yogurt there. I heard blueberries are a superfood. I err. Uh, err. Uh, I also heard that blueberries are a superfood. I don't. Please, I am, I'm so sorry. Just go. I'll buy. Do you need more? Do you want a new taco? I can. I can give you a new. This is. I'm so sorry. I want a new friend. Hi, I'm Tracy. As I said before, I'm the spirit of Devar stuck inside of a paperweight. I. He. He doesn't. Well, I. He doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean that. What does he mean? Okay, yeah, well, he is probably, I don't know, I, he is probably, maybe. I'm not, I'm not exactly. I shouldn't be telling you that all this over breakfast. Hello, I'm Harriet. I Hi, work in the. I'm Tracy. Tracy, it's nice to meet you. I, wor I work here in the government building. I sort of work here. I don't wear suits. That's, that's what I could tell from your, your couture. Mostly capes. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new good. look. I think you should try it. Uh, I'll I'll try I'll try a key. It's been a long time. I'll tell you that much. I remember when you used to wear capes. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was exciting. You should wear capes again. Um. Okay. Uh, I met a god once. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He was a bit of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, they usually are. They were a little more sentient, but this one wasn't a compass. Sort of similar to a paperweight. So same functionality. Um, you know, how I know how they got there. Is it sort of a similar path for you or? Uh, you, well, you know, I kind of just, I found the, this paperweight, uh, you know, down in the archives. And when I first started working here a few uh, hundred years ago, it was 237 years ago when R2 passed of Twain. And it's nice to see someone else has godly experience. I think that you're going to be perfect here for the adventure we're all going to take together. Uh, I'm sorry, what adventure are we taking? The Is adventure to save the universe, obviously. Oh. I uh, understand that we can bring everyone together here. We all understand what's going on in the sky. It seems like I'm the only one. Do you know who I am, or are you just making guesses? Do you say this to everyone, or...? He does, yes, he does say this to most people. It seems like something is interesting if you know about the gods, that you also might be involved in something larger. 
Inara was getting more bagels. Obviously, she finished the four that she had in front of her, so she's going for another round at, at the buffet. Curiously, trying more blueberries this time, just loading up on those. Um, <laughs> I think Tracy sees Inara get it from her seat and walk towards the line and just makes intense eye contact with her. Yeah, and on my on my swing back, I'm going to walk past Tracy, plop down that bowl full of blueberries and say... Oh, hey Trace! I found out about a superfood. I didn't want to. I didn't want to keep it from you. So oh. we all know blueberries are a superfood. You're a citizen. You're a hero for eating those. Uh, forgive me. I'm nary but a kid. Uh, what is? Hi, is this a? I am the spirit of Devar, the, the creator, the one and the only. He says this to everyone. It's not. I don't. Lizzie, it's not. It's not. No, so, hi, I'm Harriet. I work here. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm Tracy. Uh, yep, that I know. Harriet, love the style. We're going to talk about that later. Um, excuse me, uh, uh, Mix Devar. Um, do you know Zayol and do you hate him? If not, I think we're going to have to fight. So just <laughs> let me know what your stance is just right now, please. Ah, uh, Zayol, I hate that guy. He was there when the creation of everything. Yep. I was there creating things, and then he took it away from me. It's terrible. Good. Good start. Um, unfortunately, maybe more powerful than you thought he was. Trapped in a compass. Maybe not then anymore. Took a lot of stuff that we cared about. People, you know, the whole thing. Uh, what's going on with you guys right now? And Ara sits down <laughs> and leans over close to the paperweight. Sorry, I just I didn't expect to like run into a god over breakfast, but um, the world's ending, kind of maybe soon. So, uh, what's the deal, and how do we stop it? Wait, 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 Harriet says. Wait, are you saying that this is actually probably a part of like one of the three gods that created everything and rule over everything that we do in our lives? I thought he was just lying to me for over two hundred years. So we've seen weirder, honestly. Huh. Okay. Yeah, if uh, if we hadn't done a lot of annoying stuff for a god in a compass, I would probably think a god in a paperweight was a lot weirder, but at this point... I wouldn't be surprised if Adama was in a Rook's queue at this point. I don't... Maybe a spoon? Maybe a spoon. Maybe a spoon. Who knows? A spork? Mmm. Maybe... I think it's a little bit too spicy for them. <laughs> we are not gods that can only be contained in physical objects. We are, uh exist in all things in both the ethereal plane the astral plane the godly plane and this one only we are contained within the magical prisons that grab us on the material plane i've been trying to empower harriet to go follow the destiny in which she has and i chose not to and have a government job that i love very much and i i work in the archives and i love it and how's Navarre, that pension? good too. pension right it's, re- it's great they take care of me. I, I really know what's going on down there and the real run of the place and nothing is going on. And I, and I love it. I do not need adventuring advice from a paperweight that I use to hold down 504s. We honestly really respect that. And again, just want to circle back and say, I want to talk to you deeply and learn a lot at some point uh, because this whole adventuring lifestyle, whew, it's really something. Um, why don't you tell your new friends about the terrible things that are happening in the archive? Then you can get your adventuring spirit back. I don't. They don't need to know it's about like that. A moth I scenario can take care. Or... Of. Yeah. How did you? Yeah. How did you know? How did you know that? <sighs> That's what they say, Trace. Is if you see one, you gotta just take care of the problem. Yeah. Oh no. 
Wait, you know, have you, you know about the moths? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then you know about the glowing people that are walking around in there too? Not that one. Yes. Okay. Tracy and Art look at each other. <laughs> All right, fine. I guess. Uh, okay, fine. We've um, been having some problems with glowing people, particularly how to, you know, trap them. And what is happening there? Well, okay. Um, well, down in the eye work, down in the archives of uh, the the government, this government building, and we have all types of uh, artifacts and items and scripts and things. Especially, we we keep the majority of our of the the library. We keep rare rare magical books. And uh, recently, uh, none of the other uh, archivists noticed the the extra dust that we had seen on the on the books they thought it was just mm, you know books. Uh, from yeah happens from from aid well uh eventually we started looking at the dust a little closer and it looked a little more like uh like glitter uh it glowed in a uh, a low purple and as the dust accumulated it became more and more purple and then we looked around at some of the library assistants who interacted with the books the most started glowing purple as well and then they started eating books and that was when the problems really started you're not supposed to eat books, right? You're not supposed to eat books. But you can? No, you sh- cannot eat books. If you can, then you start glowing purple and eating books and shooting, you know, ice from your bodies. I could probably eat a book. Um, yeah, I feel like that'd be really fresh. Anyway, uh, do, do they look similar to that glowing guy in the bubble or not? I'm sorry, ice? What? What bubble? What? And Inara points over to where the tablecloth is covering about half of the... Alonzo Castle of Bright Bubble. I really like your bubble. Can you see? I see all things. I create all things. Oh, yeah. I really teed him up for that one. Okay, sorry. Uh, well, I, I don't exactly know what's in... Never mind. Let's wait, are you the problem. people who... Pe- wait. What? Are you the... Are, you're the teen and the robot and the Not witch and the bubble. Not a witch. It that is a bubble. Yeah, that one's. That's weird. those are you. Those are you guys. Also, so you I'm, have I'm, Prince Alonzo in there with a gobbleganger of himself in energy. Uh huh. Harriet, tell them about the thing. I'm not. I don't have to tell them about. Harriet, tell them about the thing. Devar, are you an enemy of the Council of Bright or an ally? I hate that guy. I hate everyone except for me. I'm the one who can create all the things and knows all the things. I see. Uh, Harriet, we're kind of here on an important mission. There's a vote happening later today that could kind of decide the fate of the world. Um, and I could really use a distraction before lunchtime. So if there's something we can help you with. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. And if something we can learn down there, I would love to do a little bit of research before we know whether or not we can uh, deal with this existential threat or if we should just lay down in a sea of blueberries and wait for it. I do like blueberries. They're super. Harriet, you need to tell them about the separator thing. Okay, fine. Well, I'd uh, heard some scuttlebutt about uh, your particular predicament. Tracy giggles. And, uh, well, if the prince is locked into this particular medallion that is around his neck, there could be an item down in the archives to unmoor him from that medallion. Let's do it. Let's go. And our stands up. Oh, right now? I are we? Well, I mean, I don't have to. 
we can finish my tacos, but we can do that and walk. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry, Tracy. I'm sorry. We talked about this before. I got excited and I stood, but I'll, I'll sit down again and let you finish your breakfast. Tracy stands up and shovels all the tacos into his mouth. That's a good man. That's what I like to say. I, I have my well, this book and I have some papers and all this oatmeal. To, I, I'm not really the adventuring I, I'm not here for doing this. You can just take the paperweight if you want. I just, I don't. Tracy. It's not. Puts his hands on the table and just shoves everything off it except for the paperweight. Oh, no. Well, you're free now. That's, Let's go. That's a good, that's a good point. Harriet, they need you. You can do something that no one else can. Everyone can read. You just think that I'm the only person who knows how to read. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about reading. I'm talking about the touch. You just you're just talking saying all my secrets out. You're just gonna say all my secrets out loud. They need to know about the touch. What's the touch? It's not listen, it's And again, I don't, I'm a teenager, so please watch your words. It's not uh, listen, I can't it's not really a thing. She can turn people into stone. Why I don't why would you I don't know why you would do that. Is that what happened to you? To to paperweight? No, I'm not a paperweight. Why don't you both make Either Arcana or Nature or History. I'm going to do Nature. Okay. Uh, it's a natural 20, my friends. Hey! hey! I'll do Arcana. 13. Okay. Also good, Brandon. Especially good for you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> You're keeping the streak alive. I appreciate it. I don't appreciate the pity. <laughs> Tracy, you notice that this is actually kind of similar to the compass, but it's like a lower version of it. It's like it's contained only on this plane. More, this is more similar to what Franny is doing, getting her hooch of undying light, than it is like the compass. Like it is not. This is not containing the god. This thing might actually be telling the truth that it is a part of itself on the material plane. So with a natural twenty, Amanda, you remember the conversation that you had with Zuby at yeah. the end, where he put you in in his hands and how he explained about the touch and the stone giant's relationship with stone and being underground and how rare stone giants were at this time. So, and then you look at Harriet and you see that there are a lot of things about Harriet that are similar to Zuby. Her complexion is very similar to Zuby's, but she's just like a shrunken, like half size version of Zuby. So when the Devar paperweight says the touch, you immediately know that the paperweight is talking about the petrifying touch that, uh, Zuby did when he was like cloudy. Yep. I can tell you that maybe she's like half stone giant. So this is not something that happens when like they go wonky. This is something that like she has some control over. So let's say that she can do this once per day. Gotcha. Oh, that's uh, that's actually really good to know. I mean, we just have this energy version of our friend that is so destructive that is breaking out of his prison that possessed our our buddy and we need to make sure he's taken care of and trapped somewhere that he can't influence someone else so i mean we have this whole bubble thing to deal with but if you wouldn't mind i mean a statue's a lot less harm than a an energy phantom i mean i'd really rather not turn anyone into a statue if you need to do the statue she will do it she has the power and the will and the means okay buddy all of your interjections were very helpful up until now but uh, give 
give Harriet a little space. She can decide what she wants to do. But in the meantime, that glitter problem sounds real bad. Can we help? Tracy places a paper napkin on top of the paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it dark? I don't like the dark. Isn't it calming? Take a little nap. Uh, I, I'm getting, I'm getting sleepy. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> Done. Uh, I'm awake. I'm awake. Okay, so Harriet says, you know what? Uh, why don't you meet me over back by the the elevator that goes down to the stacks? It seems like there's a lot of people who are looking, who are looking around at us, and you can also see that there's just like a bunch of people who are just like eating their breakfast and looking at you. Tracy waves at them all. Hi, I'm Tracy. Oh man, I, he was on my bachelorette tournament fantasy team. Inara jumps up on the bench, whirls around, and says, "As you were." <laughs> they, yeah, they all turn back around, and uh, Harriet slips the paperweight into her pocket, and then you hear, <laughs> and she walks out of the cafeteria. And we follow behind. Tracy tucks a few tacos into his pockets. Oh, no. Maybe puts salsa in one pocket and tacos in the other one. Fair. Dear life, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to roll the bubble along with Franny. She'll do most of the pushing, and I'll just kind of guide it on the side. And we'll roll on back to not the main elevator we took down from our quarters, but down at the end of the hall, there is yeah. like a, a freight elevator that goes into the lower floors. Exactly. I also just want to point out on the way out, Tracy looks very disgusted at the pudding piles. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that color. Okay. You all reconvene. As you reveal the anti-magic bubble, Harriet studies the two of them very closely. Okay. I think... Okay, I think I, I know what to I know what we can get. I don't know where it is, but we'll have to get around the the book eaters, but should be okay. Uh, before we go down there, is it the best idea to have a you know, and then she leans over and whispers, a really powerful like magic entity down in the archive should should Franny like watch him in our room? Yeah, no, I was exactly that's exactly what I was thinking of. Okay. If we eat the books, will we blend in and be able to go past them quickly? Yes. Okay. Ooh, good. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, I've never thought of that. Because I don't eat books. I would Have just try it. If you eat a book, yeah. are they hurt? The books are my teeth. Both. My teeth are fine. Okay. I don't... Do books have feelings? I, I mean, I think so, but that might be more of an archivist thing. <laughs> I will just kind of put my hand on Franny's shoulder and say in a very obvious tone... Franny, you know, I think you should take uh, the the guys back to the room and have a nice little post-breakfast nap. Seem very sedate. They can just hang out. Alonso can catch up on his reading, just like hold the book up to the side of the bubble, whatever you have to do. Um, And then I'm just going to like nod over and over again with like very wide eyes. I know Alonso would love to hear one of your longest and driest stories. Yeah. Alonso looks at both of you and be like, Oh, no, I don't know why this is. Yeah, I would... Franny, tell me everything you know about... Things? She's like, oh, I, I love things. Things are my favorite. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, give just... Alonzo a big thumbs up from behind her back. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I think that one of you should take the neutralizer. Not not it. It's still covered in, in goo. It is not. Okay. You know what, Tracy? I think you should have it. Okay. I trust you. It's Thanks. a sign of good faith. You can have the neutralizer. This is worse than the salsa in my pocket. So now, Tracy, you have the neutralizer. Tracy takes it with two fingers and just sort of, like, throws it quickly into his bag. Yeah. Tracy, I also want you to make a charisma saving throw. Um, 
four? No. Good. Interesting. As you put the the neutralizer into your bag, it's like someone opened a back door into your head, and you hear the council of right say, Good, I'm glad that you have the neutralizer. You'll know what to do when it happens. Franny goes over and takes the bubble away. Bye. Have, have a good time. Thanks, so. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Don't. The council of right laughs audibly. Uh, and then you guys hop into the freight elevator, and the gates in front close, and you feel yourself going down for a pretty long period of time. This place goes a lot deeper than you thought it would. It did. So, uh, Harriet, how'd you get started here? Um, like apprenticeship, or? Do you have suits in other colors? I'll answer the second one first. Uh, no, this is kind of, well, I mean, all of the employees in the government kind of have their color assigned to them. Like, everyone has a color shade, and you can kind of do anything within that color shade as the main it's like our RID number, so I kind of, I, I, uh, I like the grass. I thought that was, it was nice. It's very soothing. It suits you, yeah. Yeah. It uh, suits you. Oh, oh. Uh, I had beautiful suits. I made them for myself. I'm the creator. Yeah. He, he does that. He doesn't like to be ignored. Also, he's still in my pocket. <laughs> Hey, it's Eric. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but my birthday was last week. And my favorite part about birthdays aren't the presents or the happy birthday text messages or the randos from high school that who write on my Facebook wall once a year like clockwork. It's cake. Now, why is cake so good? Well, one, it has frosting. And two, it has so much potential for so many flavors. And three, this is not a dig at pie because I love pie. I will fuck up a pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. But cake is a symbol of celebration. You only get cake when something good is happening. Or if you're trying to prevent something bad from happening, then you have sympathy cake. So it can be like a Costco sheet cake, a Carvel ice cream cake, Funfetti from the box, or a Bon Appetit special creation cake is wonderful. And so are you. Welcome to the mid-roll. I saved you a corner slice. It has a rose on it. It's just all sugar. Hello and welcome to our newest patrons. Jordan, Katie, Colleen, Eve, Isabel, Melanie, Ilada, Maddie, Malty, Bridget, Erica, Abigail, Anise, and Noel. We're almost at the half-century mark for episodes, and I cannot believe how far the show has come. And you know who did that? That was you, the patrons. You pledged your money because you believe in us in this show and you wanted us to thrive. If you want to join our wonderful community of artistic supporters and get cool rewards like access to our Discord, NPC backstories that I write and I love, bloopers, and more, just head on over to patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. That is patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We also changed the color of our Patreon and it's pretty. Hey, New York City, don't tell anyone, but we are doing a secret show in Brooklyn this weekend. If you are around this Saturday, May 18th at 7 p.m., you can just mosey on over to 20-sided store in Brooklyn, New York, and you can see us try to revolutionize the Dungeons & Dragons live show. It's going to be wild, and I don't know if anyone has done anything like this before, and I'm very, very excited. Go to 220 ss.nyc slash jtp live to get your tickets the space is small and it will sell out and also 
we have no idea how many people we can actually fit in that space. So get tickets as soon as possible. And while you're there, you can use our discount code join the party to get 20% off anything in the store. So once again, for the tickets, 20ss.nyc slash JTP live and use the discount code join the party to get 20% off while you're there. Get to see us in the meat space and also pick up some dice. It'll be great. But if you're busy this weekend washing your hair or soldering your robot parts, you can see us in Nashville, somewhere else in New York City, and in Boston. Just head on over to multitude.production slash live to see what we're up to. All right, let's get back to the show. So the elevator settles and goes ding. The room that the elevator opens up in looks like the study room in maybe a college library. There are a lot of tables, some lamps, and a lot of uh, chairs for people to pull up around these tables to read said archive books. But everything is covered in what looks like purple glitter. Like there is a fine layer of purple glitter on everything. The stacks, the lamps, the tables, some of the people who are walking around, you see that there are only a few people. There's like one librarian who's sitting at the desk who's just trying to like hold it together. And it's just, she's just like covered in this purple glitter. And then you see uh, these people like wandering by in a daze and some of them have books in their hands and they're just like stuffing them in their mouths. Are they making like "Mm -mm, yummy noises or are they like yum yum? Books are good. Closer to the second one, I would say. It's more they are just, like, entranced, and all they want to do is, like, eat books. And then you see one person walks by, and they, they put uh, what looks like a kind of like a chunky paperback in their mouths, and they swallow it whole. Oh, no. And then they burp, and they're just like a plume of flame bursts out of their mouth. Tracy, I don't think we're ever going to get this out of our out of our packs and our clothes and stuff. No, once you glitter, you never unglitter, is what the Glitter Council says. Once you go glitter, you never be fitter. That's what I always say. Okay. Yeah, so the issue is, so like I said, some of these are magic. Is there a shower here? Does it not come off in the shower? It's, I can't get them out of any any of my... Can't you just press the digit away, the glitter? It stays. It just stays. So here's the problem. And everyone, okay, so just don't stay still. The problem is... Some whatever this dust is, I think that there's some like, I don't know, like some some infestation that is like indoctrinating all these people, and they, they just kind of run around in in the dust, and you can't really tell who it is. So there are these bugs that don't like other people. Then you have the people who are like doing this bug's bidding. So like, don't make any sudden moves. Like we need to make them think that we. I don't I don't know what to do, but. We just we we gotta stay stay low profile. It's time to eat some books. Where did this begin? The infestation. Uh, well, we have a specific magic book section where, um, you know, where where wizards can read them to start learning spells. But the problem is, is that we have them organized by like spell and by category, so that when some people eat them, eat the books, they get the magic spell itself. What? So you, like I said, ice, fire, it's its bad. Is it permanent? No, I think they just eat it and then they do the spell. Oh, and then they don't get to do it again. 
Yeah. I mean, that's pretty bad for someone who is just kind of eating the thing. Oh. Yeah, it's bad. It's terrible. It was really Sounds really awful. Bad. Really bad. I would definitely not try that if I was alone no. with one of those books. No. no. So we also we have a lot of books, but we also have like, rooms that have different uh, artifacts and the actual items that people can check out to examine. I think, I don't know which one, but it's in one of these rooms. If we can run in, grab it, and run out without them noticing us, we don't have to, like, punch any people. Yeah. We don't have to fight any moths. We can just get out, get in, get out, and deal with what's actually the problem. What does it look like, the artifact? So the thing that you're looking for is a very small hammer. It's like something that maybe a doctor would have to treat your reflexes like a small ball peen hammer but the, the handle is dark dark black but the top of the hammer the head of it is red like a ruby good news don't ask me a lot of follow-up questions but i can become invisible and fly uh so i can start at one end and you guys try to sneak into the other bad news not good at sneaking and good at eating books okay great that's that helpful point. I can stay here. I'll have Devar in, in my pocket, but I can't go anywhere. They'll know that I'm not infected. Well, he, I have here. I have a it's, a, it's it's a rock, but it doesn't talk. You talk into it, and I can hear you. So it's slightly different from Devar, but take, here, just, just take it and talk into it, and I'll show you. I'll hold on to it. Yeah, and Great. just talk into it, and then I can hear it, and then I can talk back to you. Nice. That's a rocky talkie. I got very it's good. very good. Thank you. Inara is scribbling something on a piece of paper and then she bends down to share it with Oatcake. Then she's drawn a hammer on a, on a notebook and puts it in front of Oatcake's face and then smiles and says, Girl, go fetch. Ooh, okay. Then I pull my shadow cowl up over my head, turn invisible, and fly off to the room furthest to the left. Okay, I need you to roll a d10 for me, because I want to see what room Oatcake poofs into. Seven. Okay. As Oatcake poofs away, Tracy casts Disguise Self on himself and turns into a Tracy, but glittery. Nice. Nice. Love it. I like that a lot. She is the dancing queen, young and sweet, only 17. (laughs) And then as Anara goes to room one, Tracy's going to start with room 10. Okay. We're going to roll just for a loose initiative so that I know in what order you guys are checking your stuff out. I'm going to roll for Oatcake. Three. Fifteen. Okay. So Anara, before you can pull your shadow cowl up, you hear Oatcake poof in another room. I want you to make a perception check for you to be able to hear what Oatcake's doing. Seven. Okay. With a seven, I don't think you know which room Oatcake's in. Uh, you can just, like, hear that she's somewhere, like, in the middle of these rooms. Okay. Okay. So, Anara, you go next. You pull the cowl on. You're going to float over to number one? Yep. Okay. I want you to roll a dexterity saving throw. 12. Okay. With 12, you poof into one, and you see that there's like a very large purple moth that is flying around in room one, and it is like spreading glitter everywhere. 
But with a 12, you don't manage to get any glitter on you, and he does not notice that you are there. Because moths are dumb. They're, they're hot focused, take. Eric. Hot take. They're focused <laughs> on what they need to do. <laughs> these moths these are, are dumb. My strategy here is to just kind of float up and down each of the shelves. Are there shelves in each room? Or are there just like items? What's going on? Imagine that there's a wall that just has like 10 cubby holes in them. You would pull out a drawer to check out what's in it. Sort of like a safety deposit box situation? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the 10, I think that since you decided to put your shadow cow on, you can kind of just like float through to see what's in there. I think that as you check them all, yeah, the ball peen hammer is not in there. So I'm just going to float through the wall into room two. All right. Nice. We're going to go to Tracy. It's me, Tracy. So Tracy, are you doing anything more to disguise yourself? Yeah, I'm going to take out my first Warforged book and just sort of like gnaw on it. (laughs) Is it like rubber for kids? Yes. Nice. Exactly. Love it. Waterproof. Um, Got to be at that age. Well, I don't think I have any saliva. This is a weird question that has never (laughs) thought I would come up. I don't think you do, no. So like, it's fine. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll just like do some flashes of orange to make it look like I'm like shooting off magic, you know. All right, so Tracy, I think that your disguise is a uh, deception roll, so I want you to make it make a deception roll, but I'll give you advantage because of your disguise. Good, because the first one was a one. <laughs> oh no! And the second one was an eighteen. There you go. Okay, hey. with, with an eighteen, you walk by one of the moth zombies, and uh, you try to just like. Working hard or hardly working with a mat, with a book in your mouth, and you can walk over to uh, room ten. I say, "Working hard, hard working." <laughs> so why don't you make a dexterity roll to see how many of them you can check, how many of the uh, drawers you can pull out? Nineteen. Hey, all right. With a nineteen, you can check all of them. There, it is not in room ten. Great. I make sure that they're all put back exactly in the way that they were, exactly flush with the wall. And I head to the next room. Okay. So now I'm going to come back. I wave bye to my friends that I saw along the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now I'm going to go with Oatcake. And I'm going to do a roll for her to see what room she poofs into next. All right. I want you to make another perception check, Amanda. 18. Okay. With an 18, you hear that Oatcake has poofed into room 8. So now I'm going to roll to see how many of the drawers he can check. Okay. Great. All right. Anara, it is now your turn. You're going to float to room two? Different room, same uh, routine. Okay. Anara, I want you to make a constitution saving throw. How dare you? 18 again. Okay. So in there, you see that they're like... A dwarf has wandered in there who might just be like a, like an intern for somewhere in the building who got sent down to the archives. And like there's like a moth that is just like directly on his face. And it is very gross. And like I don't know if he's being infected or this is just nasty. But you can see that this guy is getting like glitter all over himself and a zombified as well. And you were able to like fight it off in your ghost form. As much as I want to punch this moth and it's dumb. Thorax, sorry, moths. Um, I am going to instead just quietly check all the drawers. Okay. I want you to make a dexterity check to see how many you can check out. 15. All right. With 15, you can check all of them. It is not in room two, but this guy is looking pretty nasty. Sorry, guy. I'm going to make a little apologetic face like, well, oh, sorry, and then go into room three. <laughs> okay. Tracy, it is now your turn. So you walk out of room 10. 
and you're making your way to room nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now an elven woman is in the middle of just shoving a dictionary-sized book into her mouth. Delicious. Yeah. So what are you doing you, when you see other people? You're just kind of like trying to ignore them. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you go to a library and you actually don't want to see or hear or talk to or interact with any other human in your area <laughs> sure because do. you're in a library and mm-hmm. why would you? Yep. Yeah. It's just that. You're just like, oh, okay. I will say this elven woman, like, she cannot physically eat this dictionary. Like, it is way too big and she's really trying to shove it in her mouth. Well, you know, like in like in the real life, when you go to a library and you see someone trying to eat a book? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want you to make a wisdom saving throw. Well, that's a nine. Oh, no. Tracy, in your head, you hear, help with the book. So this is spell suggestion. So you are feel compelled to help this woman in some way deal with the book in her mouth. So Tracy going to walk over to the elven woman, look at her in the eye, slowly take the book away, take out both of his axes, and like a hibachi chef. <laughs> Chop it up. Adding some of the salsa from his pocket. Pocket salsa, pocket salsa. And then taking out the filling from a tortilla that was in there previously from one of the tacos and put it in the tortilla shell. Nice. And hand it back to her. All right. Let me roll for us. Oh, it's a 20. No. <laughs> oh, you rolled a 20! Oh, no! Francis made unbroken eye contact with Eric as he tossed the dice away from him. I was just a joke roll. I got a 20. I am a dice god. All right, so since you fulfilled the action with a plum, the cloud of suggestion is no longer affecting you, and I'll let you, because you did it so well, I'll make you roll a dexterity roll to see if you can get into the room and check anything out. A seven? Okay, with a seven, you cannot check out anything more, but you you are now safely in room nine, so you don't have to interact with anyone else, but you have not been able to check anything else out. Okay, it is now Oatcake's turn. I'm going to see if she can, what else she can check out. Okay. Anara, I want you to make a, another perception check to see where Oatcake is. Four. Okay. You've kind of lost track of Oatcake. It is now your turn. So I will float through the wall to room three. Okay. What do I find? In room three, there's nothing. Just drawers? It's just drawers. Look at all the drawers then. Okay. Uh, make a dexterity roll to see how many drawers you can check out. 14. Okay. In drawer three, you take it out and there is a tiny Venus flytrap. I'm going to do, I'm going to do small wave at it. Turn, turn visible, do small wave. Oh, it, it waves back with its face. Uh, I'm going to lean close and whisper, I'm sorry, I really want to adopt you, but I'm not really in a place right now to commit to, to raising a houseplant. Um, nice to meet you. And then I'm going to close the door. Okay. As you float through all of the drawers, it is not in room three. All right. All right, Tracy, uh, you are now in room nine. You make a dexterity roll to check everything out in there. I would love to. Here is my roll. It is a nine. Tracy, we talked about this. Brandon, make eye contact. Predict the roll. This isn't going to count, but I do want to try this. Okay. Look at me. 18. (laughs) Yeah. Such a power move. You just rolled a 19. I rolled a 19. Yep. All right, you checked all the drawers in room nine. It is not in there. You will have to do something drastic in order to go to in the next room. Okay. I'm going to use the sending stone to talk to Harriet and the paperweight. Okay. And I'm going to say, 
Tavar, what was the most challenging thing you ever had to create? Well, uh... And while he's talking, and hopefully loudly, I'm going to try to sneak into the other room. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, I would say that creating sentient life forms was the hardest thing to create. There are a lot of nuts and bolts there. There's a lot of complicated wiring that happens in between. So, I like this direction. Make a stealth roll. Can I have an advantage? I will make it easier for you. Okay. 19. Uh, eight. Okay, with eight, I think that even with the distraction, you, uh... I forgot to turn the volume down on my sending stone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that there is a, uh, a librarian in your path who is fully zombified and sees you, and then she takes uh, a little book out of her pocket, and she eats it, and then she opens her mouth, and just, like, ten moths come out of her mouth and fly at you. And I want you to make a constitution saving throw. Well, that's scary. I'm very constituted, so. 19. Oh, I got 15. With a 15, you're able to fight off all the moths, and they don't get, like, in your wiring and stuff, which would be very nasty. It would be bad. It would be bad. So yeah. you are currently out in the open, outside of room 8. Okay. Okay. I'm going to gnaw unsuspiciously on my book. <laughs> nice. So there are moths flapping around you, and you're still just, like, gnawing on other book? Yeah. All right. It is now Ogek's turn. Amanda, I want you to make an animal handling check. Do I have advantage because it's my Ogek? Sure, you have advantage because it's okay. 16. Okay. With a 16, you are floating in three. You are checking everything out. You are leaving the uh, Venus flytrap away. And suddenly you hear a foom. And you see Oatcake is in your room holding the ball peen hammer in her mouth. Great. I am going to choose to be visible, and I'll float down to her and wave, and then tangible so that I can pick her up and float with her back to wherever Harriet is standing. Okay. And I'll drop back down next to Harriet, take the cowl off, and wave slowly at Tracy. Just, like, hold my hand up and do a very gentle turn of my wrist. Okay. Tracy turns his head as he's gnawing on his My First Warforged book and tries to wink but does blink. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also still moths like floating around your head that you've resisted for the moment. Right. I'm going They're to... attracted to that light in your eyes. Are they actually attracted to the light? I mean, they're moths. Okay. Then what I think I'm going to do is shoot some thunder cannon lightning. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I'm going to shoot a little ball of energy, a ball of light energy off in the distance and then use my fast movement to sprint over to my party. Hell yeah. All right. Make an attack roll. Yeah. I'm just going to shoot the far wall away from the books. Okay. I don't want to damage the book. As best as you can, for sure. Right. Okay. Make an attack roll. 14. Yeah, I think you do with a 14. I think that's a good that's a good plan. You shoot uh, your thunder cannon off to the far side of the wall. All of the moths that are in the room and all of the zombified people then just start, like, walking as fast as they can towards the light. You also see, like, a lot of the glitter, like, shift to the left, like, towards the ball, which is beautiful. Gross and terrible, and beautiful. I hate it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, you can sprint to the elevator. Yeah, I sprint to the elevator, and I'm screaming, Let's go! Harriet pulls the elevator doors closed, and you are heading back up into the building.
We take the elevator all the way up to the boardroom where the vote was held yesterday. I use my little uh, coin purse to open it up and not looking, say, hey, Franny, meet us meet us in the in the room we were at yesterday, all right? So uh, my favorite thing is really macaroni. Thanks, Franny. Okay, Franny, right now, okay? Right oh, now. Oh. Close the coin purse. We are going straight up to the boardroom. I, th- I think they're supposed to meet around midday, so we should be running into them soonish. But we are ready. Tracy and I are going to tell them what we think we need to do. We also catch Harriet up on the situation up to now. All right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll help the best way that I can. Um, you know, if it helps, I can kind of like, I can kind of read someone's thoughts. So Devar does give me the power to read someone's thoughts if you want me to do that. I can't believe you're just telling us this now. We've had one meal together and many adventures, and you're just telling us this now? We could have died a second ago. That makes us brothers. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's that's definitely true. I'm just here. What do you what do you want me to do? I've never been in a in a vote or anything. Any other extremely helpful skills or abilities that you want to just clue us into now? Uh, you know, mostly that. And, um... Do you, like, run the government and just forgot to tell us, or...? I can speak, like, six languages. Pretty cool. Oh, cool. That That's pretty great. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you speak Kenku? Uh, yeah, I do. That's one of mine. Oh, that actually might be helpful. Oh, okay. Just one of Okay. Okay, cool. No, that, and I can, you know, I can turn people into stone, I guess. Well, what do you, what do you want me to do? Listen, I don't know if they're going to let us do the plan we want to do or not. But if we end up bursting that bubble, if we end up trying to sever this connection between Alonzo and the council, the council is either going to disappear and be super powerful and the world's going to end, or, I don't know, get a body or appear right in front of us. And we are going to need to make that body into a statue so that he cannot ruin the world. Uh, okay, uh... Well, I guess adventure. I know that adventure has come for you today, Harriet. You are bringing in the spirit of Devar. I love it. This is great. Oh, Devar, great point. How do we defeat the Council of Right? Just like any tips? I did not. I was not involved with that time the first time. I was coming up with bone whales. Aren't they cool? Have you ever just like imprisoned someone in a national prison and the national prison fails and then you have to be like, whoa, like how, how do we, how do we capture them? I am the creator. I do not meddle in the realm of mortals. I gave them free will and it's fun to watch them mess up a lot of the time. Honestly, the paperweight's more useful. I also can do do magic. It's very fun. (laughs) Hey, Debar, have you ever heard of the mortal invention, the silent game? I have not. It's a game where we uh, take a bet and see who can stay silent the longest. So maybe you and Harriet, and I give Harriet a very obvious like winking, can see who can stay quiet longer. I know this is a lie, but since I did not create this game, I created silence. I will win. Thank you. Go! So we sit down at the big table... (laughs) I'm going to sit in Representative Kiko's chair because I don't really care. And uh, we will uh, meet Franny up there, put the bubble right in the middle of that table, and wait. I'm not going to touch the food because I was raised with some manners. So. Right. I'm going to sit in the speaker's chair backwards. I'm going to sit in the speaker's chair backwards. <laughs> I love it. I'm picturing like a giant leather winged armchair. Right, with a big back. Yes. So I'm just going to like peek my head around the corner of it. <laughs> Great. I love it. 
I love it. Okay, I think that you set up up there. I really like that. And then as the clock strikes 1 p.m., uh, the door opens and all of the representatives file in, and they already see all of you in there, and they're like, "Welcome to the vote." Representative Briggs is like, "I should have, I should have seen this coming. I don't know why I'm surprised every time." You should lock our conference room doors, honestly. Like it's, it's really a hazard. The speaker pushes through and be like, "Tracy, yeah, Tracy, uh-huh. Tracy, that's Hi. my chair. I have it calibrated perfectly now. for my. I can't." You're ruining what? it. You're not supposed to look at it. Well, why would you do that? I don't know why you would do that. He just did the lumbar part. That's the no, hardest that one is the to work. recover. That is my whole. I had that to use the, I spent so much time. After everything we've gone through. You want a hug? No. Okay. I want you to fix my chair. Okay, I'll try. Okay, great. Well, while you do that, we have a vote. To, we have a vote to vote on. I'm gonna try. going to jump up on the table. All right, it is time to bring this thing order open. Um, we have new information and we need to present it to you now before you do your vote. Uh, uh, Madam Speaker, did I do that okay? I mean, that's, that's usually one of the few joys that I have running this government, but I guess you can do it. You also said open, open twice, so. <laughs> All right, go, Anara, go ahead. I, I should know by now that you usually have something to say when you say you have something to say. Go ahead. Well, uh, Tracy and I had a, a very busy and productive morning uh, while y'all were deliberating, and I'm sure very important and, and active work. Um, we have found a couple artifacts. So one of them is this hammer, and then I gesture, and Okake is holding it in her mouth still. We are told by this very lovely uh, expert in a great suit. Hi, Harriet. What's up? Harriet waves sheepishly. That... This hammer can break, we think, the amulet. We know. It can break the amulet? I can't believe it. Thank you, Tracy. I'm going to be less, uh, less, you know, self-defeating there. We're pretty sure it's going to break the amulet. And also, Harriet here is the other uh, tool that we have. Not not weapon, not artifacts, because you're a living person. I really respect that. But anyway, um, Harriet is able to turn people to stone. So... If we decide to open the bubble like we should, if we're able to break the amulet and stop this terrible link and possession of the Council of Bright into Alonzo, and if the Council of Bright should, I don't know, become flesh in front of us, we have a backup plan. So if you break the medallion, Alonzo will be safe. Uh, You look up and Greg is standing behind his father as he was at the last meeting. That's what we think. Okay, then we let's do it. Let, let, let's do it. I don't even know why we're voting. I like your enthusiasm. Totally agree. Uh, his dad like tries to reach back and just like get him to calm down. There's procedure. We need. We have to. We still need to vote on this. Both Alonzo and the Council of Bright have their their faces like pressed up against the front of the anti magic bubble because they're both very invested in what's going to happen next. That is my statement. All right. Um, thank you, Anara. This is wonderful information, illuminating information. Okay. Well, the, as uh, procedure dictates, we're going to have a revote. Uh, I'm going to ask those who have put a vote forward before if they are, are going to change their vote or not, and then we will return to the undecided party. Uh, Representatives Dore, Kiko, Shields, Nectaria. Would you like to change your vote? Tracy gives everyone a stern look 
And Ara crosses her arms and rises up to her entire four and a half feet. None of the four of them stand. And the speaker continues as, all right, it seems like no one wants to change their votes. Uh, Representative Brink, it is up to you. Uh, we can no longer take an undecided choice. You must vote yay or nay. Either we open the bubble and we'll make the plan for that, or we keep the bubble as it is and send the two to a secure location. Oh, bubble also isn't working, by the way. I, I've seen him do magic. He can he can do magic outside the bubble. It's just going to fail soon. So, sorry. Yeah, he stopped our alarm clock this morning. Um, I've also been hearing his voice in my head a little bit. Didn't uh, oh. mention that one. That's concerning. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, you, sorry. Hold, hold on, hold uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. Tracy. Yeah? As the only Warforged that we know of working in this time and place, and as we, we know that the Council of Bright manipulated my people and made them do things. Th- yeah. Thank you, yes. Do you feel safe here? In this room? Yes. Do we all feel do we all feel safe here with Tracy in this room? Um that's not a question you I'm ask in front dare of me. You ask and that. I'll also throw you out a window. Does he feel safe in front of the Council of Bright, which has so far been our no, responsibility? No, 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 no. We understand. we understand. We understand. I'm asking we uh, we are we are talking uh, we are not caring for the that inside of the bubble. He there's a reason why he's there and you are on the outside here. Is that for for the care of this of our friend of those who, someone who has fought so hard on behalf of the realm and of the concentric states. We'll just check in concern. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm better now that I have your chair. Again, hurtful. I was just, okay. I understand. I meant, I meant no, no offense. I think we all understand. There's enough stalling. Representative Brink, you have the floor. I'm going to lean over to Harriet yeah, and blink at her. <laughs> what is that? What does that mean? Do, do the thing. You want me to do the thing? I'm winking at you. Do the, do the thing. What should I tell her to do? No, no, no. Just, just read what she's thinking. Okay. We didn't, we didn't know if we needed to convince her more. Okay. And I blink more. Okay. <laughs> Harriet grabs the paperweight with Devar inside and slips it into her pocket and uh, she closes her eyes. And I'm going to make a wisdom saving throw for Representative Brink. Pretty good. It's a two, if you look at it this way. <laughs> I proved to Brandon that I rolled natural 20. So. Representative Brink is about to open her mouth. She stops and says, Did someone just try to read my thoughts? Me! It was me. I tried really hard. Uh, I don't know how to. I did try. I don't... You can't do that. I know you can't do that. You don't know me. I think so. Listen, I think... Maybe Tracy's has been overcome with the Council of Right more than we thought. Because that, the only person in this room who I think that could read my thoughts would be that guy over there. And she points at the Council of Right. You know what? I was really going to weigh whether or not 
we I, I think that it was more of a risk for the realm to 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 let this thing let this monster out and at least I know what it's like to be controlled by one of this entity. There was an entire coliseum that told me what to do that tried to further the Council of Bright's ideas and motivations and all the, I I can't have that anymore. That can't happen. You know what? Let's pop it. Let's let we're popping this thing and we're going to take him down and we're going to destroy him and it's that's going to be in the end of that. Okay? You heard the lady? You heard the hottest representative in the room? No, never mind, sorry. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, uh Representative Brink, I hear you. Let's okay. So, Anara, Tracy, what do we do? How do we how do we do this? Let's do it right here, right now. Neutralizer, ready, Franny, everybody, anyone have like fun weapons they want to get out just to see? I just we need to get this over with. We don't have time to let him plot and plan. We are ready. Okay. Uh, I get in position. Everyone, get in position. I get. I've never I've never done anything like this before. Cover the doors, cover the windows, make sure nobody can get out. Let's put the bubble in the middle. Franny, get the neutralizer. Everyone, let's go. All right. Tracy's going to hand the neutralizer over to Franny. Okay. And he's going to prepare an action, obviously. So once the bubble bursts, Tracy is going to grapple Alonzo and keep him still while Harriet and I smash the amulet. Then, assuming that the Council of Bright whether as an energy form or a person shows up again, Harriet's going to put her hand on their shoulder, turn into stone. All right, well, everyone get into position uh, on my mark. Take down the bubble. Tracy, hold down Alonzo. Anara, knock out the medallion. Harriet, petrify if needed. All right? We all have it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, on my mark. Three. Tracy, you feel something in the back of your head. Two. The door in the back of your mind gets thrown wide open. And you see what the Council of Bright wants you to see. The kind of person that he was before he was encased in the astral prison. He's a relatively tall man with gray hair, impossibly slicked back wearing a styled military dress uniform with just hundreds of medals in places you would not expect medals to be. Large epaulets like a, a commander or a general would wear. He says, as clear as you can hear, Tracy, it could be like in your dream. I promise. I just need you to do something for me. Now. Tracy, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. I think I'm just going to fail it. Okay. Tracy, bouncing off all of the walls in your mind. You only can think of one thing. Tackle Anara. Now. Now. As the speaker says now, Franny immediately steps forward and hits a button on the neutralizer. Magic cascades down the sphere. And for the first time, you can see Alonzo and this energy Alonzo without any sort of barrier between you. You could reach out and touch him if you really wanted to. 
all of the representatives look towards Tracy to enact the next step in the plan. Tracy looks from Alonzo to Alonzo and in the last second turns towards Anara and tackles her. What? Anara, the hammer skitters out of your hand under the table. Brinks! The Brinks dives underneath and comes back up, holding the hammer with both hands. Harriet, touch him! Harriet uh, springs forward towards the energy Alonzo, but her hand just passes right through his chest. Tracy, what are you doing? I'm going to wriggle and struggle and try with all my might to get out from under him. The energy Alonzo smiles and saunters over to Alonzo and puts his hand on his shoulder and just slips back into Alonzo's body. Once again, Alonzo looks like the angry, devilish version that you fought all throughout the cities. The one that leveled arrows at Inara and swore in Tracy's face when he tried to help him. Even though it is the middle of the afternoon, you can see out of the big windows, the sky turns back to night. And through the ground, you feel rumbling louder and louder and louder. And suddenly, stone pillars start erupting through the floor. They start to catch some of the representatives on top of them, just destroying everything around you, only leaving tiny webs of floor for you to keep your balance and watch the destruction around you. Alonzo and the Council of Bright together once more turn towards the window. And that final star winks out. Alonzo smiles, or the Council of Bright smiles on behalf of you, and says, We're celebrating my return. You should be happy. Take the amulet off, you coward. You know what? I'm going to do something better. And he gestures towards the sky where the constellation used to hang. And suddenly, amber-orange energy that Anara, you remember from when the astral prison was put into place, returns and it slowly fades out. And a staircase of hard light spools down from that spot, reaching all the way to the ground in the middle of the capital city. And that's when you hear it. Stomping. In rows of two, Warforged start stomping out of the sky. Join the Party is co-produced by Brandon Google, Amanda McLaughlin, and me, Eric Silver. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Hetty Hunt, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Misha Stanton. Our visual design is by Allison Wakeman, the art mom, and our transcripts are by Nicole, with two L's, Seeger. The Party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish The After Party, where we sit down to discuss what just happened, learn what could have happened, and answer your questions. 
You can keep the party going by following Join the Party Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got merch, music from the show, and transcripts for every episode on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you get access to a wonderful community in our Discord, exclusive merch, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more. That's at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Another great way to help the show is to recommend Join the Party to a friend. Get them caught up fast by sending them the link to our start page, which contains our beginner episodes for those new to D&D, and our plot recaps at jointhepartypod.com start. Join the Party is a founding member of Multitude, an audio collective and consultancy. Type Multitude into your podcast app to subscribe to the fantastic other shows in our collective, Horse, Potterless, Spirits, and Waystation. Or find out more about us and access our resources for podcasters at multitude.productions. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.